everyone. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, DBTPFL. It's Thursday. It is January 2nd. It is 2020. We have nine basketball games that we're going to talk about here on today's slate. We're also going to talk about the four-game NFL slate for this weekend. So, going to double duty it here on Thursday. We're going to do this pretty much all month on Thursdays where we're going to talk basketball and we're going to talk some football. So, I'm joined today by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? Good. It doesn't feel like the new year because I haven't done anything all year. Literally nothing. I've sat at the house. I went to a dog park, and that's been my year so far. Yeah, so I've been battling with a cold the last four or five days, and I'm just – I'm so ready for it to be gone. Um, so I, I'm excited for that to happen, and – we took down all of our Christmas stuff, and I think our um, three-month-old is starting to cut teeth. So it's it's just the, the young household is um, not doing not doing the hottest right now. So yeah, ready for 2020 to roll in here and um, get us started off. But let's uh let's talk some basketball here. If you guys haven't already, make sure you head on over to our sponsor site, FantasyDraft.com. Rake-free DFS, love what they're doing over there on Fantasy Draft. Awesome sponsors of the podcast. Again, like I've said multiple times, low stakes, mid stakes, high stakes, whatever you play, rake free DFS. Um, you know, they have a $10,000 pick and roll contest up for today's NBA slate. You know, you pay, you pay the $6 membership and you play over $100, you're going to pay off that membership. So even if you're a low stakes player, Playing rake-free DFS, getting all these, you know, double-ups, these lower tournaments. They have a ton of stuff going on over there. So, a lot of stuff going on in Fantasy Draft. Make sure you head on over there check them out. Let's get started on this basketball slate. We start with Charlotte at Cleveland. 210 total here. Cleveland favored by two. No big injury news here on the injury report the night before um, for this one. What are we looking at here on Charlotte? I mean, Graham is the guy immediately – Every single day, he's very much in play. His price tag is getting a little bit up there at 8.2K, but still offers a little bit of upside. He has 50-point upside in this one, so he's not a great play, but he's the main guy I'm looking at. Like, Matchup versus Cleveland, probably not going with any of the big guys. Zeller, Biombo, not going there, even at the price tags. Washington, Bridges are probably about where they should be priced at. Bridges, I feel like, is the one of the two that offers the most upside, but realistically, I don't – see him playing him on nine game slate or has has been playing a boatload of minutes, but just hasn't really doing too much. He's a guy that I think I would take a shot on. I know his price tags at six, eight, it's a little bit lower than it was earlier in the month, but right about where it has been recently. I like, he's playing so many minutes and the shot attempts are every once in a while there. Like I know he hasn't gotten a whole lot of ancillary stats, but the minutes are there so much. This isn't a terrible match for projected to be close. Rogier's the guy, one guy that I'm looking at a bit on Charlotte, although I don't know if I'm going to entirely get there on a nine-game slate. Yeah, so I, I like um, Rogier a lot in this spot. He absolutely crushed Cleveland in the first matchup. You know, just considering the price, like, he's so much cheaper than Graham. Like, I like Graham. I, I think Graham's solid. I just don't know if he has, a, you know, too high of ceiling at 8,200 here. So I'd rather just take the price de- um, decrease – and go down to a guy um, like Rogier. I'm with you on Biombo and Zeller. I'm just I'm completely off of these guys. Um, they might play a few extra minutes here with Tristan Thompson out there, but I'm not gonna likely play either one of those guys. And then PJ Washington's fine. You know he'll get you know Kevin Love in this spot. He'll play you know a solid amount of minutes. His price has just come up. Bridges is still kind of cheap on on some of the sites, so I don't mind that. Um, but on DraftKings at 5,300, I think he's a tournament play only. He could easily go for 30-plus fantasy points in this matchup. But, again, like, his minutes are up recently, so that's what we want to attack. Um, the Cleveland side of things, like, we love big guys against Charlotte. I, I think this is a, an amazing spot for Tristan Thompson under 7K. Yeah, I mean, Tristan Thompson at under 7K, we know how good the match was versus Charlotte. Like, I think he's gotten a bit of a price increase, but still, the guy's absolutely got upside here. He could realistically get 20-20 in this game. It's not the most likely scenario, but it's definitely one within the realm of possibilities considering he's going up against Charlotte. 
Kevin Love. I mean, I know he put up a bad game last game versus Toronto, but he didn't get too much run in the fourth because there was a blowout there. Only played 30 minutes, but prior to that, he in most cases when the game stayed close, he was playing mid-30s here and just doing well on a consistent basis. His price tag's getting to the point where it's not as much of a just absolutely I love him for tournaments, but he's definitely a guy that's in play outside of them. Like, I know it's Charlotte, but everyone else is priced where they should be. Like, I don't see a huge amount of upside on Sexton. Like, maybe he can have a big game, but you're just playing him based purely on the fact that, okay, he can occasionally put up 38. On this slate, there's a lot of good plays in the same price tier where I'm not going there. CD Garland, probably not going there. Maybe you can take a shot on Kevin Porter Jr., um, 4,200. He's the guy that's offering you the most upside on a point-per-dollar basis. He has 30-point upside considering he's getting high 20s, low 30s minutes recently. He'd be the one guy that I'm actually considering on or strongly considering on Cleveland. Yeah, the thing that like bothers me about Sexton is, you know, Sexton's a guy that is getting the usage with this team. Um, it's just he's not doing anything else. Like, no assists, no rebounds, no defensive stats, stuff like that. Like, he, he's a guy that can go out and put up, you know, 25 actual points and put up 32 fantasy points. So, like, Sexton is still the usage guy on this team. It's just – it's – it's not really doing – he's not doing much else outside of, you know, putting up a lot of shots. So, if he's still cheap on any of the sites that you play on, maybe take a shot on Sexton here. But, you know, probably not going to play him too much in this one. Uh, Denver at Indiana taking on the Pacers. We have no total in this one. Gary Harris is questionable. Um, Brogdon is doubtful. Sumner is doubtful. Um, let's start with Denver here. Grant, I rang in my new year playing Jokic um, against Houston, and, you know, friends don't let friends play Jokic, and, you know, shame on me. You know, shame on me ending 2019 playing Jokic. Um, well, you should really start 2019 playing Jokic. Uh, it's that simple. He's been great recently outside of apparently versus Houston, where the game was a bit of a blowout anyways, but my guy has triple-double upside in any given match here. I know – Indy's a very good defensive spot, but like he still has triple up upside. He still has 60 points and 70 point upside here. He's the only guy I'm considering. Again, it's not a great spot for Barton, Murray, like any of these guys here. I know that Brogdon's missing, probably gives a little bit of a bump uh, for Denver just based on the defensive matchup here. But like I, I don't see playing anyone but Joker here. And that's it's it's that simple. Yeah, like, I just – Jamal Murray is a little bit in play here just for tournaments. Um, coming off of a stinker against Houston. Really burned a lot of people the other night. 6,500. He has some ceiling at that price. Um, Millsap played 27 minutes against Houston the other night. He's still only 5K. If he's going to get his normal amount of minutes, um, I don't mind him in this spot because they're going to need him. They're going to need the bigs here um, with the Pacers playing big. So, um, let's go over to the other side. It, you know, if Brogdon sits, I think you're looking at, you know, TJ Warren at 5,600, and I think you're looking at, you know, Aaron Holiday at 5,700. Yeah, yeah, don't mind either of those plays, obviously. Aaron Holiday gets a massive boost in playing time. Brogdon's out. But his price tag's probably about where it should be. Like, he's not a lock and load at this price tag by any means. And Warren, like, I'd be more apt to play him just because of the upside that he can offer whenever Brogdon's out. He can get a boatload of playing time and just absolutely crush and they give a matchup when it broadens out. But that, that's kind of it. Like Sabonis is Sabonis. He can go – he'll probably get you 40. He can go for 50. Like that's basically it at 8,400. You're not really getting much more or less than that in almost any given matchup. Denver's not an easy matchup here. They're tough defensive matchup. So, like Sabonis is fine. It's in play. These first few games really aren't that interesting. Yeah, like, you know, I think you could take shots on these Indiana guys with Brogdon not expected to play. It's just, you know, it's more Holiday, Warren, Lamb for me just because the price points on these guys um, is where I'd likely be taking shots. But Sabonis is always a guy that can crush in any matchup. So uh, Toronto at Miami, 215.5 total here. Miami favored by 5.5 in this game. Uh, Marcus Gasol is out. Pal is out. Siakam is out. And on the Miami side, um, Winslow is still out. Uh, let's get started here on the Toronto side of things. 
tougher matchup, but we're kind of seeing a price decrease in a lot of the, you know, Toronto guys. Anybody standing out to you here? I mean, Van Vliet and Lowry. Lowry got a $600 price decrease. Van Vliet got a $500 price increase. Grant, that's baked into the matchup, but when the guy's going to be on the floor for 36-plus minutes at any given time, I mean, don't look at Van Vliet playing 30 in the last one. He got into foul trouble pretty early on, so it's not something we can really expect again. He still ended up with 35 here. Both these guys have big ceilings considering their price tags. Ibaka actually got a price increase. I'm not really playing him at 7,600. Yes, he can put up a 44-point game, 48-point game, but that's pretty much his ceiling. And to me, more likely than not, he's going to end up in the high 30s, and that's really not worth it for me here at 7,600. I'd rather take shots on guys like Van Vliet and Lowry. Outside of them, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe RHJ gets enough run. I could potentially see that happening in this matchup, but probably not. Like, OG, probably don't want to go with him. His price tag is about where it should be. The only two mispricings are Lowry and Vivley. That's just because of the big price drop that they got. Yeah, like, Rondé Hollis Jefferson started against Cleveland the other night and played 28 minutes. Um, if he does end up starting again in this spot, um, I think he's definitely in play. Like, he's the guy that – at 4,500 could easily put up, you know, 25 to 30 fantasy points. And, you know, OG moved to a bench role and his usage actually went up. So um, it's fine with me. You know me, I'm team bench. So I don't mind OG. Um, you know, the game was kind of a blowout. Does he see the same amount of minutes here if this game stays close? I think so. Um, I, I want him on the second unit. Um, let Ronnie Hollis Jefferson start. I, I think that they give put OG back in the starting lineup. I think it was just the matchup last time going up against Love. Yeah, maybe, but it, it's not like Miami's going to go small. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, we'll know beforehand. But it's a good point you make with OG going to the bench and getting an increased usage. And like Miami plays Derek Jones Jr. and they play Bam. Like you know, I guess it's not the same, but. You know, they, they typically start Myers Leonard, too. So, like, who knows? We'll have to kind of see what the starting lineup looks like. But I want OG off the bench, Grant. Like, just let me have what I want. <laughs> it's not up to me. It's up to Toronto. We'll see if they listen um, to the pod. <laughs> right. I doubt it. The Miami side of things, like, you know, Jimmy Butler, 8,600. He's always a guy that can go for, like, 50-plus. But, like, there's just so many options on the slate that I, I have a tough time ending up on Jimmy Butler, 86. Yeah, again, another game that's just not fantastic. Butler and Bam are both in play. I think I'd be more apt to play Bam here. I see more of a upside game from him going up against Toronto here. Like, this is a good spot for him, 8,100. Too cheap considering he was close to 9K not too long ago and putting up 50 points on a fairly regular basis. So, Bam would be the guy I'd much rather go for. Like, Butler just hasn't really been entirely the same. Yes, he's been putting up more points recently, but it was a revenge game. I think it went into overtime. The other one was Washington. Prior than that, he's sticking to, like, mid to low 30s almost every single matchup. I don't think that he ends up playing too many minutes in this one. So, well, too many minutes. I mean, I don't think he ends up playing high 30s minutes here, which is what you want for him to get the upside game. So with, every, with most of these guys back in the offense here, he's not required to do a whole lot more work. So Butler is just an all right play to me. Bam's really the one I want. And do you want to take a pick or a, a shot on Drogic? It's never a horrible idea, but at the price tag, probably not worth it. Yeah, Drogic was a guy that was great when he was low fives, now 5,800. Don't like it as much. Um, maybe he'll put up a dud, and then we'll be able to get him back at the you know cheaper price tag again. But uh, let's move on. We got Utah at Chicago, two eleven total. Utah favored by three and a half in this game. Mike Conley's still out, and on the Chicago side, Otto Porter is still out, and Hutchinson is questionable. Um, anything standing out to you here for Utah? Gobert and Mitchell are fine. Like I prefer other guys, but. Both of them are fine at their price tags. Like, it's a decent matchup going up against Chicago. But I just, like, their price tags are about where they should be. They offer a little bit of upside. But a lot of guys at the AK range are probably better plays. But the guy that really interests me is Ingles. Um, 5,900 got a slight decrease in his price tag. Didn't have a great matchup going up against Detroit, but the game ended up blowing out. 
real, what you really want from him is a game where he's going to end up playing high 30s minutes. Ever since Tomlin's been out, he's been doing great on a – or been above a point-per-minute player on almost every single matchup here. So now he gets a matchup versus Chicago. He's fishing 900. The price decreased. This game's expected to stay close. Like, maybe you throw him in a game stack only, but I think you can play him on his own. I think he has a good shot here at 40. He's by far my favorite play in this game. Yeah, uh, man, I don't – I just – I really don't love this game either. And I, I promise there's a couple games on this slate that I like. The next one? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just – I don't know, man. You know, Jordan Clarkson, 5K. I mean – Minutes no. are okay. Yeah, the minutes are fine, but, like – on this big of a slate, probably not worth it. He got price increased to 5K from 4-1. Yeah, but I think, I think I remember seeing him when I was, like, going through. I think he was still cheap on um, um, Yahoo. So yeah, maybe that's that would surprise me. Um, Chicago side of things, like, Zach Levine is always a guy that you could look at that has random ceiling games against, you know, good or – Easy matchups, tough matchups, but I just outside of Levine, I just struggle playing any of these Chicago guys going up against Utah. Yeah, I mean that's basically it. They're going up against Utah. It's not a good matchup for Markman. It's not a good matchup for Carter. It's not a good matchup for Sadransky. It's not a good matchup for anyone. Levine's just the only guy that can randomly have a massive outburst game any given time. But sitting here at seven seven in this type of matchup, like it's about where he should be. He's in play for tournaments. Let's just move on to the good games. <laughs> Unfortunately, I feel the same way. Golden State at Minnesota. Finally, a game that we could talk about. Uh, it is a back-to-back for Minnesota, so we'll have to kind of see what the injury news is going to look like. Cat Wiggins, Teague, Lehman, Vonley all missed Wednesday's game, so we're going to mark all of them as questionable. Um, and on the Golden State side, Willie Colley-Stein, Looney, and Russell are all outs. You know, let's start here with Golden State. Like, you know, Burks, you know, he obviously started the other night, played 38 minutes, put up 20 shot attempts, went back to that, like, high usage role. Um, he, he's where I would start with Golden State here. Yeah, Burks by far my favorite play here. One of my favorite plays, if not maybe my favorite play on the entire slate here. Gets a good match going against Minnesota. We know it's going to be a high-paced, high-scoring game here. It should be like a fantasy gold mine considering all the people that are out for Golden State and the price tags just don't entirely seem right. Lee came back down to earth a little bit in the last game, but guys still played the majority of the game here. I think it it went to overtime, right? Yeah, it went um, to overtime if I remember correctly. Um so like yes he played the whole overtime, but still was in mid thirties minutes here. We can expect that again and <laughs> Like, 6-6 is not a terrible price tag considering what he can end up doing. Like, I don't expect him to get 15 rebounds like he did on Christmas, but getting a double-double is not going to be surprising me at all. 6-6 is too cheap for him. Draymond can have a big game any given time here. He's probably my least favorite of those three and probably the third guy to end up putting in. But a guy I probably like more than Lee and Draymond is going to be Glenn Robinson just because he's a little bit cheaper. Should play a boatload of minutes here. I don't think he's going to draw that much ownership even after his decent night the other night. I'm not playing Marquis. We're not playing Marquis Chris at 5,400, right? This is a perfect jump right back off spot. Yeah. Do not play Marquis Chris at 5,400. Foul trouble is a possible issue. His price tags basically priced in for his upside. Do not play him. It's just a terrible idea. Outside of them, like maybe Bowman isn't the worst idea in the world. He only got low 20 minutes, but he's sitting there at 4.2K. Maybe he gets a little bit more playing time here. Outside of that, like I'm probably not going with Pascal. Probably not going with Spellman. Probably not going with any of these other guys. But Burks, Lee, Green, and Robinson in that order are probably great plays. Yeah, the problem with, like, um, Pascal is he's just not playing a ton of minutes. So, like, I'd be more inclined to just fade the big guys here. Maybe Draymond. Um, but Lee, Burks, and, like, you mentioned Robinson. These guys just played so many minutes the other night. Like, Kai Bowman, 
if he shoots the ball better, maybe he gets some extra minutes. I don't mind him. I hate the price increase, like the price that went from, you know, obviously 31 to 42. Um, he was dealing with a little bit of sickness too. You know, he ended up playing. Yeah. But I think that, like, that he just hasn't been playing a ton of minutes. He's obviously been taking minutes from Burks. But, like, I just – I love Alec Burks. Just I like him so much more here and – the Minnesota side, obviously, it's really just going to depend on injuries. But, like, if Teague sits again, like, how do you not play Napier at 5,900 going up against Golden State? Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. If all these guys end up sitting, which I'm fairly certain Cat's not going to play. Um, I'm semi-certain that Wiggins is not going to play. Like, they ruled both of them. We might actually know in the morning because they ruled him out, I think, a little bit early. No, wait, no, they um, yeah, I'm fairly certain that most of these guys are probably not going to play here. So, dang, even at his price tag of matchup versus Golden State, there's some upside there with him, like 6,500. Napier, yeah, absolutely throw him in if Teague is out. Um, if Wiggins is out, we can look at Covington. We can look at Culver. Both those guys probably offer a little bit of upside here with a matchup versus Golden State. Like, even – even Keelan Martin is playing a boatload of minutes in this type of matchup. I know he got a price increase to 4,100, but just accounting for the matchup, like all these guys go off. We have to wait and see on the news, but like depending on who's out, all those guys could be fantastic plays on the slate. Sorry, I was yawning. Um, oh, yeah, that like, boring. Thank you, Stevie. Uh, man, I'm telling you, this cold is no joke. Um, yeah, Napier, obviously, Culver, 38 and 38, three minutes in back-to-back games here since he's kind of come back into the mix. Um, Okaji played 26 minutes on Wednesday. He's another guy to kind of keep an eye on. Um, you know, if Wiggins and these guys sit again, like, you know, just kind of see how this, you know, plays out. But they played so many guys on Wednesday, too, that you don't want to go too crazy here. A lot of people got in foul trouble too um, against the Bucks, but they stayed in that game. That was a close game, and um, Napier and Culver are probably my two favorites. Okaji Covington, um, Bates, Diop are are interesting like tournament flyers here because it is a back to back. Maybe the minutes go a little elsewhere, but yeah, this is this is by far my favorite game stack. It's really not that close to be honest. Yeah. Um, Brooklyn at Dallas, no total in this one. Kyrie, Levert are out. Temple is questionable. Tim Hardaway Jr. is out, and Porzingis is questionable. Um, let's start here with the Dallas or the Brooklyn side of things. Anything standing out here for Brooklyn? Dinwiddie, I think, is a decent play. Maybe if Porzingis gets ruled out, I could see Jared Allen getting a few more minutes. I know they got into foul trouble in that last game versus Minnesota, but – He's still a guy that offers you a decent amount of upside at this price tag. Got a little bit of a price decrease over the last week and a half when he was putting up big games. I know the minutes haven't been there, but again, most likely foul trouble in the last one. And the other ones, like, you can still get into low 30s. I think this is a spot where we don't see Porzingis in the game. We see a little bit more Jared Allen. Um, But, yeah, Dinwiddie, like, probably the guy. uh, Just consistently keeps putting up. 40s and 50s every single game he's sitting there at 8-3 like there's not a ton of upside but there's still a decent amount of upside here those are the only two guys that I'm really looking at yeah Dinwiddie like this is probably going to be a game that stays pretty close especially if Porzingis doesn't play um and I, I like you said I don't mind Allen um in this spot but I hate the price increase and I feel like He's a guy that could easily crush here, but I feel like there's so many guys in that price range that could crush too that I don't know if I necessarily end up on him. Um, if um, if Temple ends up sitting, that's interesting to see kind of where those minutes would go because he's a guy that ends up playing, you know, quite a few minutes each and every night. Like he's played over 40 minutes in two of the last four games. So do you think those minutes would go to like – of all people, maybe like a Wilson Chandler or somebody? I don't know. Maybe it may just be dispersed throughout the starters. Like, it really doesn't change too much for me. I'm probably not going to not gonna bother with a 
TLC or a Wilson Chandler. Like, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe if we're struggling for value, but I don't think that's going to be the case on this slate. Uh, Dallas side of things, obviously we've got to wait and see what Porzingis is going to do. Whether or not Porzingis plays or not, Luca is definitely one of the best raw points play on the slate. Yeah, no, he's multi-it's the most likely raw points leader on the entire slate here. It's it's Luca going up against Brooklyn. It's going to be a high-paced game. They've been decent versus guards, but still doesn't matter. It's Luca. He's probably going to go for sixty, possibly seventy this matchup here. You just play Luca if you have the money for it, and that's the end of it. Outside of him, like Keebler got a decent uptick in minutes in the last game without Porzingis in there. So if Porzingis is out, then, I mean, he's a guy that we think we have to look at. Maybe Powell gets a little bit extra run, but I don't know if they – like, I think it's a better Keebler matchup than it – or Cleaver matchup than it is uh, for Powell here. So he's probably the guy I'm looking at. Can we take a shot on Boban? Maybe he gets – High teens minutes here. What do you think? No. Nope. All right. Well, I will have at least one Boban lineup. And all I know, he played like he played eleven minutes the other night and played really well and only played eleven minutes. So yeah, it's infuriating having the best player in the league and just not playing, and it's ridiculous. Um, they have two of the best players in the league on their team, and one of them doesn't even play. But yeah, it, it's probably a Cleaver matchup for me. Um, Fifty-five hundred seems like a little bit too low. Porzingis is out. If Porzingis is in, then it's just. Probably Luca for me. I mean, Porzingis' price tag offers a little bit of upside, but not a whole lot. When Luca's in there, obviously Porzingis gets a decent downtick in overall production, and a lot of times a decent downtick in minutes here. So it's just Luca for me. And if Porzingis is out, Kleber is the guy I'm going with. Yeah, I don't mind maybe taking a shot on Seth Curry with Tim Hardaway Jr. out either. Like he should see. 25 to 28 minutes here um hit some extra sh- like he shot 13 times the other night against the thunder only shot 23 percent from the field and still put up 21 fantasy points he's only 4k it's a matchup against brooklyn so i don't mind seth curry here um i think he's very much in play yeah I like that call um okc at san antonio 218 total spurs favored by two in this game Nothing, nothing the night before as far as the injury report goes. Um, let's start here with the Thunder. Uh, anything standing out to you? I think Chris Paul still has him upside there at 7,500. Like he puts up 50 points or he puts up 35 points pretty much every single game, at least for the last four. It's a good matchup here. Like San Antonio is not a great defensive team. S. Murray's not a bad defender, but Paul offers you some upside. SGA playing a boatload of minutes every game has shown some upside recently. I think you could look at him, but I think I prefer Chris Paul. Outside of them, Schroeder coming off the bench, 6,400. Offers a little bit of upside, not a ton. Like, I think there are better plays on the slate, but I don't mind going with him. Maybe you can go with Adams here, but probably not. Uh, or at least I wouldn't. I know he got in foul trouble in that last game, and that's the reason why he didn't end up playing, but, playing that much. But I don't know, like 6,600. He was playing well for a bit, and now he's come back down to earth a little bit. I don't, it, I don't know. For me, it's just Paul, it's SGA, and it's Schroeder, and that's pretty much it. But I really, really like Paul here. Yeah, like, I like Chris Paul a lot. I don't mind SGA. I don't mind Schroeder. I don't mind Gallinari. I don't mind Adams. But, like, they're not my favorite plays. I do think this is going to be one of the best competitive games on the slate that have a higher total, so – I think that, like, if you're playing a bunch of tournament teams, like, I would definitely, you know, have some game stacks, multiple game stacks of this game. Um, So, um, one other guy that I want to throw out there is Nerland's Noel. He's been absolutely crushing off the bench. He's only going to play, like, 20 minutes, but he's been putting up 30 fantasy points. So, I don't mind taking a shot on Nerland's Noel here. Um, he's, He's kind of interesting off the bench, but... Um, as far as the Spurs go, like Lamarcus Allridge is always in play. I mean, he's been on tear recently. Um, I know, and like, nobody plays him. Well, it's yeah because, um, well, I had great honor of fading him pretty much every single time at the beginning of the season. Now it's catching up to me because Elmay's just doing stuff that you don't really expect of him. But yeah, just the tear he's been on recently. You can absolutely play him. He's a great play in this spot here. Outside of him, like DeRozan, 
can still put up a decent game. I mean, I don't have a lot of interest in DeRozan, but the total on this game is not bad. It's expected to be close, so maybe throw him in on a game stack, although I don't really like playing him and LMA together. Uh, outside of that, like, I think this is not a terrible spot for Rudy Gay. I think he gets a little bit of extra run here um, going up against OKC. Like, he's a guy that I'll probably end up playing a bit today uh, just as some price savings here, and I think that he could have a decent game. DeJounte Murray pretty much always in play, but not really standing out as a great play. For me, it's LMA I really, really like. The Gay's a pretty decent tournament play, and DeRozan obviously is in play too. Yeah, like it's LMA. Like if I'm game stacking this game, like I'll have exposure to Murray, but his price being 6K, like he just doesn't have a ceiling. Like if he plays 35 minutes, sure, he could absolutely crush here, but I just I don't I don't see Pop playing him 35 minutes to you. Like I just I I I don't think it happens. So I think that for right now, um, you know, you're looking at Lamarcus, you're looking at DeRozan kind of it i don't really love anything else here um so yeah moving on to the next one we got memphis at sacramento 220 222 and a half total sacramento favored by four jay crowder is questionable um on the memphis side of things and bagley is out on sacramento this game should be a pretty fast-paced game, um, and I kind of want Crowder to sit. That would open up some things here um, as far as, you know, value. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, it'll open up a little bit of value here, but this should be fast-paced, and it's got one of the higher totals on the slate as of right now, which we don't have a lot of them out. I think it's the highest of any game we have out right now, although I would assume Dallas would be higher. But, like, Triple J being priced at 7K now, I think there's a little bit of upside there, but, like, the probability of foul trouble, (laughs) like, it used to be – it was worth it when it was about $500 cheaper and definitely on smaller slates. On this size of slate, I'm not sure if it really is worth it. J-Val, like, again, he's going to play mid-20s minutes. I'm not going to chase that upside game that he'll randomly have. It's not the worst day in the world, but it's not something I'm going to do. Moran just hasn't shown a ton of upside at all recently. He's playing minutes in the high 20s. Probably not a guy I want to go with. Like, maybe if Crowder's up, Brooks get a little bit extra playing time, but still his price tag. There's just no one I want to play here, um, which is weird on the highest total of the slate. Like, you can take shots on all these guys, but they're priced about where they should be. Am I missing something? No, like the pricing is like price right um, on DraftKings and Fantasy Draft at least. So don't have FanDuel or Yahoo pricing in front of me. But, you know, looking at Memphis, like I like this spot for Valanchunas. It's just you can't really trust the minutes. Um, like he's a guy, if he played 30 minutes here and we knew he was going to play 30 minutes, he'd want to be one of the best plays on the slate. But you just you don't know. So. Um, I struggle. Yeah. Really hate coughing. It's driving me nuts. Um, I can never tell if I'm losing that connection or you're coughing. <laughs> I'm trying to mute it as much as possible. Well, you're doing a good job. If Crowder sits, like, I have interest in Clark and Brooks. Um, because this game does have a really high total, but I, I like the Sacramento side of this game a lot more. Like I think Fox is a guy that has tremendous upside in this spot. So like Darian Fox is one of my favorite plays on the slate and I don't think he'll be too popular here. Yeah. Fox is definitely way too, way too low priced. I actually think he is going to be moderately popular here. I mean, he should be priced a little bit higher than this, especially in a pace of matchup here. I know that he had a poor outing versus the Clippers, but that game was a blowout. He didn't shoot well. Like he had a decent game versus Denver. We obviously haven't seen a ton of them so far this season, but this price tag is way too low considering the matchup here. I absolutely love Fox in the spot here. Holmes being priced at seven point one k just seems tough to play him, but I think he's absolutely in play in this type of matchup here. Outside of them, like I mean, you can take a shot on uh, Bogdanovich, but. Probably not going to see too much out of him. Probably not going Barnes. 
Buddy Hyde, his price tag is maybe low enough where he has some upside here. Um, in a high-paced matchup, like he could put up 15 shot attempts from behind the arc here, but not a guy that I'm overwhelmingly trying to play here at 6,700. Decent tournament guy, like without Bagley here. Giles is in 17 minutes last two games. Maybe he gets an uptick in minutes. And at 20 minutes at 3,300, Giles, I think, is a great tournament play here. And maybe I'm just biased because I love the guy, but I think that he's potentially in for a crushing, like, 30-point game here, which 3,300 doesn't seem like crushing that much, but that's a, I, I think that he could very easily end up with 30 in this spot. Yeah, like these two teams just played and put up like 234 points between the, the matchups. So like there's a ton of upside here. Like Harrison Barnes had a big game, if I remember correctly, um, and he's only 5K. So I don't hate that. Um, again, like this is a game that I want to stack. It's just figuring out the pieces of, you know, wanting to stack this game, really seeing what Jay Crowder is going to do or not. But love Fox. Don't mind Holmes. Um, Buddy Heald is always a guy that's interesting. With Bagley out, Bielitsa is a guy that should play around 30 minutes here. He's only 5,600, so he could crush here. Um, the only guy that I just – I really don't have a ton of interest in, and now he's probably going to crush, is Bogdanovich. Um, he, he's just – he's struggling right now. Um, so, he'll probably crush now. All right, last game on the slate. We got Detroit at LA taking on the Clippers. Blake Griffin is doubtful. Jackson, Kennard, and Morris are all out. Uh, Pat Bev is out on the Clippers side of things. Let's start here with Detroit. Uh, what do you like here for the Pistons? I mean, Drummond's a guy that immediately stands out. It's probably the best matchup for five out of all the positions here. And Drummond without Blake, we know exactly what he's probably going to do. He's probably going to get close to 50. If not, he's going to get close to 60. If not, he's going to get over 60. Um, it's just not a bad spot here. I worry about the game staying close a little bit, but Drummond's the guy that on a slate with not a ton of op- great options at center is a guy that can absolutely crush here. Um, Wood, if he gets the minutes, which he probably should, he has a chance at crushing value, but he's sitting at 5K. Like He can go for 40, but the odds of that happening are probably not that great. Rose. Don't mind him, but just not a great matchup. Worry about the blowout here. All those minutes are a little bit safer. He's fine. Um, Bryce Brown Jr., though, sitting at 4,900. Played 37 in the last game. Played 33 minutes in the one before that. He offers some upside at 4,900. He's probably my favorite player in Detroit. It always goes wrong whenever I play him, but (laughs) the minutes are going to be there if this game stays close. He's probably a guy that I'd definitely throw into a stack. Yeah, I love Drummond here. You know, the Clippers are fourth in overall defensive efficiency this season, but they're still allowing the eighth most fantasy points to opposing centers. So Drummond is probably the only guy from Detroit that I will end up playing here. You know, Christian Wood, if his price didn't increase so much, like, you know, from 3,800, putting up 21 fantasy points to 5,100, um, I just – I hate the price increase for Christian Wood pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, it's not great. But I still – he still probably has some upside of that price tag. Yeah, if he's going to play 28 minutes for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I like the Bryce, Bryce, Bryce Brown Jr. call. Um, The Clippers, anything standing out to you for the Clippers? I mean, Sweet Lou is priced a bit too cheap here at 6300 like, if this game ends up staying close, maybe he gets a starting nod here um, with Beverly being out. Like, I know that he missed the last game. They just ruled him out, I think, for rest. But looks like he's going to play here as of right now. I don't – he's probably the one guy that I'm really looking at. 6,300 is too cheap. Well, him and Montrezl Harrell, I kind of always throw them together. Harrell hasn't been doing too much recently. But – Minutes have been there. Like, he could absolutely crush. Maybe he gets a little bit of extra run with Drummond here. Although it's not the greatest matchup in the world. But, like, it's it's just those two. I don't I don't mind Leonard. I don't mind Paul George. I'd probably rather play Paul George just because of the price tag. But both of them are probably a bit too expensive here, especially considering the possible blowout risk. So, Sweet Lou and Harrell, I really like. 
outside of them, kind of just out on everyone else. Um, yeah, like Lou Williams at 63, Harrell at 57. I like Kawhi and I like Paul George. It's just I just don't see see them having ceiling games everyone like too much. Like Paul George the other night almost had a triple double um against Sacramento and when he has games like that obviously he has a ton of ceiling. It's just I feel like he's going to pay off his price less times than he's going to have the ceiling to pay to go over um his price. So I always struggle playing Paul George when Kawhi is active. Now, if either one of those guys sit anytime, you know, you can look at the other guy. Yeah. Uh, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll switch over to football here. Um, favorite play under 5K to 7X. Who do you got? It was going to be my let's get – no, I'm going to save it as my let's get weird play. Um, under 5K, Bryce Brown Jr., I guess. Right. Uh, I'm going to go with Kai Bowman bounce back game. Um, over 8K to go under 5X. Who's your bust? This one's a tough one. Kawhi. I was going to say, I didn't think it was that tough. Uh, that was yeah, I forgot about which was weird because we just talked about it. Yeah. He's like my clear-cut option here. Um, I'm going to go Paul George. Yeah, one of one of us will be right. One of us will be right. Possibly both if the game turns into enough of a blowout and Sweet Lou goes for sixty. Uh, who's your favorite six X play? Burks. I didn't even get a chance to take a drink there. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you, you so and fast. I probably stole your guy, didn't I? No, I was going to say Darian Fox. I love Fox today. Yeah. Um, let's get one. weird GPP play of the day. Harry Giles. Like that one. Yeah, I was gonna go with my favorite under 5k, but I wanted to save for the let's get weird. I think my let's get weird play today is Nerland's Noel. Let's get weird with Nerland's Noel. Uh game selection question, Grant. What's standing out to you um today? I mean it's pretty much always on fantasy draft. Sorry guys, but I actually looked at my rake savings today. I'm at 10 grand. So far, saved and raked by playing on fantasy draft, which means I'd be a lot poorer if I didn't. But it's a two thousand dollar double up. You can enter it thirty times. It's two bucks. Like it, it's just a great contest that I love playing. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, I don't. Mine's not as high. You play on fantasy draft more than I do, but um, gotta love that rake free DFS, man. Like, I yeah. know they're the sponsors of the podcast. Sponsors of the podcast aside, like, everybody should be playing over there. Yeah, I did not do well in fantasy draft for football. But I still ended up making money just because of the rake-free. When everything's a double-up instead of 1.8x your money, it just makes things so much easier. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch gears today. Um, I'm going to talk tiers contests over there on DraftKings. Um, for anybody that hasn't checked these out, they're kind of soft. Um, they're, you know, you can check them out. They have low-dollar ones. Right now I have the three-entry max, $3, 5K hot shot pulled up. Um, pays 22%, min cash is 2X. Uh, top 10 is 32%. So – if you're building a bankroll, like these tournaments are kind of soft and you know, they're not terribly hard and you can be different by just taking like, let's just look at it really quick. Like tier four is Levine, Van Vliet, Aldridge, DeRozan, Paul, SGA, Ibaka. Like I don't really see a chalky play there. So like, if you like one of those guys more than any of the other guys, like I think that, just taking a shot on any of those guys and being different. Like tier one, you're probably taking Luca. Like we said, he's probably the raw points play on the slate. So if you're missing, if you're missing draft, our, our old sponsor, as much as me and Grant are missing draft. um, No one's there's, there's like two other people that are missing it as much as me. Gosh. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, you can check out these tier contests and you know, you don't have to play with a salary cap. So, all right, so let's talk some football. 
I guess we'll we'll just kind of shift gears here. I got to pull up a different tab, and I totally meant to do it as I was talking about the tears contest. But Buffalo Bills, Houston Texans, four game slate. We start here on Saturday. Uh, we start probably my favorite game on the slate. So Houston's favored by two and a half in this game. Let's start here with the Buffalo Bills. What's standing out to you for the Bills? I'm really glad you guys can't see me right now, at least below the waist, because I am very much unable to hide my excitement here. Josh Allen and John Brown are the two top plays on the slate. So I know I've mentioned it multiple times in the morning grind beforehand uh, when I've done the football slates, but Josh Allen is just so much better on the road than he is at home. It's been terrible weather in Buffalo all season long for pretty much every game, wind, cold, everything. Josh Allen's a guy that likes to air out the ball and He's playing in a dome now against a defense that isn't great. Watt will be back, which will definitely give them an upgrade. But if anything, that might increase Josh Allen's rushing upside. It's a playoff, so every single game means something or is win or go home because that's how playoffs work. So Josh Allen, I'm not going to be surprised if he ends up running the ball more. Going to be airing the ball out a bunch. And it's in a dome, which will be really helpful here. Like, I love Josh Allen. And then John Brown. It's a little interesting. So John Brown actually averages more points, seven more points on the road than he does at home. Grand one game he didn't even play, but still, even with that, averages seven more points while Beasley averages more points at home than he does on the road. That's mostly touchdowns. But John Brown is far and away the better play here and absolutely fantastic play. He's my favorite play on the entire slate. You can even go Singletary just because the price tag is 6 k like, the volume has been there in recent weeks. The playoffs, they'll give him probably 20 touches if they end up running the ball that much. His price tag's too low. Outside of that, not really a whole lot I'm looking at. But John Brown and Josh Allen are going to take down a slate. I am not quite guaranteeing it because it's football. Anything can happen, and coaches hate me in my mind. But, gosh, I love Josh Allen and John Brown. Josh Allen's by far my favorite play on the slate. Gosh, I love, love him, Stevie. Josh Allen. I just got done doing an expert survey um, here on Rotor Grinders, filling it out and stuff. And if you're a premium member, you're going to know how much I love Josh Allen on this slate. Um, I I love him here. Like, by far my favorite quarterback play, and I don't see him being super popular with Drew Brees at home, Russell Wilson on this slate going up against Philly, Watson, Wentz at his price, like, you know, even Brady at his price. Like, I I just – I don't see – maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see Josh Allen being like a chalky quarterback play because he's priced up, and I just love it. Like, it's the playoffs. They're, like, Singletary is a fantastic play. They're not going to limit – they're not going to run Frank Gore out here in this game. Like, Singletary is going to touch the ball 20 times in this game. Like, Allen, Singletary, you know, you mentioned I'd much rather play John Brown here than Beasley. I'll have exposure to both of them just because I'm playing a ton of this um, game. And and then, like, even taking a shot on Dawson Knox just because, like, tight end is going to be super chalky. Dawson Knox only needs a touchdown to pay off his price um, just like every other tight end on the slate. So, love Buffalo. Love Buffalo. Um, I'm betting Buffalo here. Like, I I think they win this game. So I sure hope so. Houston Texans, if I'm playing a ton of exposure to the Bills, you know I'm going to be running it back with DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. Yeah, yeah. Fuller at home in a dome. Like, even Hopkins. Keep the hamstring healthy. <laughs> like, just yeah, stay yeah. healthy Let's for one game. It. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's Watson, it's Hopkins, it's Fuller. Pretty much it. Like, Hopkins is a little bit too cheap. Fuller is definitely too cheap considering his upside if he can actually finish the game. And Watson, well, not nearly as good of a play as Allen, is very much in play. Yeah, and like, you know, I think that this is a much better passing position. Um, you know, Buffalo's not great, you know, in terms of against the run. So maybe you take a shot on Carlos Hyde. But I, if I'm if I'm taking shots on the running backs here, I would have a little bit of exposure to Duke Johnson too, just because of the passing game. And if I'm playing a ton of Buffalo, like I think that Buffalo is going to be up in this game. So um, I would definitely have some shots on Carlos side. Um, but yeah, anything else from this one? No, let's move on to the next one. 
All right, Tennessee at New England. 44 total, New England favored by five. Got some potential weather that we're going to have to watch for this one, but doesn't sound like it's going to be too crazy. Uh, anything standing out to you for the Tennessee Titans? I mean, this is interesting because, like, they, it's not an easy matchup going up against the Patriots. Um, but this defense or this offense has been so good ever since Tannehill came into the starting lineup. And so he's good. Yes, I agree. You know me. You, we've talked about this many times. I've talked about this so many times. Like, the first week he started, it was Will and I doing the podcast, and I was like, he's good. He never got a fair shake in Miami. Like, Ryan Tannehill's not a bad quarterback. Yeah, it's just a tough matchup. He's probably number five for me on the list. Running backs, Henry, I'll still play him against virtually anyone. Patriots defense has been good versus the run, but I think they're still ranked sixth in DVOA. They're just – you see the little number two next to them in terms of fantasy points allowed. It's because a lot of the games they were very far up. So, Henry, I still have some interest in at 8.2K. I don't think he's going to be that owned because of the matchup here. I think they still feed him. Um, A.J. Brown is a fine play, not great. Like, the matchup, everything makes me not want to play him as much, which I've played him a ton recently, but – Still, like, don't know if I can end up going here. May end up with 10 targets. But this is just not an overall game, good game environment for him. Yeah, so I kind of disagree on A.J. Brown. I, I think he gets a ton of targets in this game. I think Tennessee is going to be trailing in this game. They're a team that likes to play pretty slow. Uh, both of these teams like to play pretty slow. And, like, it's not a great game in general, um, you know, fantasy-wise, but – if <clears throat> sorry, if Tennessee like if Gilmore doesn't shadow Brown, like Brown would have technically the better matchup against Jackson. Yeah, uh, it, like I have an interest in Jonu Smith in this game. Yeah, I don't, but yeah, tight end's just so darn chalky that everybody's gonna play Goddard. It, especially if Ertz doesn't play. So, where can I yeah. be different? Tight end's definitely a spot. Um, Yeah, I don't hate Tennessee here. If you're playing like the sat- – I know both sites, all the sites have like these Saturday slates. Like, maybe you, you play Tennessee a little bit more just because I think everybody will be playing the other three teams. But um, the Patriots side of things here, like – I love James White. Playoff James White is a thing. Um, I play him. Just any game that I feel like is going to be close when playing the Patriots, I play James White. Yeah, and Brady's price tag's a little bit too cheap. I'm still fading him. I expect Brady to be one of the chalkier guys on the slate. But I'm not going with it. It's not a good defensive matchup. Brady's got a noodle arm. Um, just not going there. To me – Patriots side, it's James White. Obviously, playoff James White. He just went through it. Guy crushes in the playoffs. And it's Edelman. And since just since this is a four-game slate, and Belichick is hell-bent on ruining fantasy lineups based on his running backs. I think that Sony is in play at 4,600. You're not going to get this much upside with a guy at this price tag on the slate here. So he's been getting close to 20 touches every single week for the last three weeks. I think we see that again. He's a guy that I can end up using, but James White, Sony, Edelman, those are the three guys. It's playoffs. That's how things work. Yeah, like I, I trust Bill a little bit um, more in the playoffs than I do anywhere else. So he doesn't have to bring anything out throughout the season. And no, no. yeah, like I, I like Edelman a lot here. Like I, I'm not seeing him talked about a ton this week. I think they've just been limiting him. Like, his snaps have been down, like, in games that they kind of got up. Like, I, I, I do think he's hurt, but I do think that, like, he's just going to gut it out here. So, I, I, I don't mind Edelman. I don't mind, like, a Sanu play, um, at you know, especially at his price point. One touchdown and he crushes. So, I, I don't mind the Patriots here. Um, I don't think I'll play noodle arm, but I, I get – like, I'm all in on Josh Allen. Let's just – I'm making that very clear. I will not You're have many guy. teams – I will not have many teams without Josh Allen this week. So, 
Uh, Vikings and Saints, 49 and a half total here. New Orleans favored by eight. Um, sounding like Diggs, Steelen, Cook, everybody's going to be good to go here for Minnesota. Kind of taking a week off last week, everybody here. Um, can they keep up with the Saints at home? I mean, they can at least try, which means that Diggs and Thielen are both very much in play here. 6'6 six, six and 6'2. Six, like, both these guys can go for a massive game. We've seen in the past, maybe they try and run the ball a lot. Who knows, in which case, play Dalvin Cook. But I don't think that's going to be the case, and I don't think that that's the most likely outcome here. So it's Diggs and Thielen I love here. If you really want to throw in Cousins, pair them together, I'm fine with it. I just drastically prefer Josh Allen. So it's Diggs, it's Thielen. That's pretty much it for me. And both of them are too underpriced in this matchup. Yeah, I love Thielen here. Like, I think that Lattimore will shadow Diggs. And I think Thielen, like, this could be a game that Thielen has, like, 10 targets. I know, I don't think he's had a 10-target game all season, um, if I remember correctly. But I, I just, I think this is a spot that, like, it's all or nothing at this point. Like, playoff football is so much better than the regular season because just all these guys are going to get their stuff. Like, week 16, Thielen played 93% of the snaps. He's going to be out there. Like, they all sat out week 17. I'm not worried about that. So, um, I, I like this spot for Thielen a lot. Outside of that, I don't think I'd take a shot on Johnson. I don't mind Dalvin Cook here. I do think that, like, he's cheap enough and, like, he's a guy that can get targets out of the backfield and he's just a guy that could easily score two touchdowns. So, I think Dalvin Cook coming in at 100% against the Saints is always in play. Um, as far as the Saints go, Michael Thomas is probably the safest play on the slate. You know, Christian McCaffrey's not on the slate, so who's the next best option? Michael Thomas. Yeah, I mean, it's Michael Thomas that's being played in New Orleans. At home this year, he's averaged 30 points. You just play Michael Thomas. Um, don't think twice about it. Inside of him, Kamara, Breeze, both fine plays. But a guy that's really interesting me in tournaments is Jared Cook. Minnesota goes with high volume of targets to opposing tight ends. Everyone's going to be on Goddard at $300 more expensive, especially assuming Ertz doesn't play to match up everything. So I would probably say that Cook is a much better play for tournaments than Goddard is. And he's going to just come in at such low ownership. And the guy can absolutely crush so it's Cook, it's Thomas, with Kamara and Breeze being fine to me. Kamara, he's just Alvin Kamara. He's been scoring touchdowns recently. The workload's been similar. It's the playoffs. They might get a little extra run. And so, yeah, it's, we know exactly what it is with no Orleans. But Cook is a guy that you do not want to miss out on, I don't think, this week. Yeah, I like the Cook call. Um You know, Traquan Smith had an easy touchdown last week. I'm not, you know, I, I will say, like, Traquan Smith, has scored a touchdown in three of the last four games um, and four of the last six games. You know, take it for what you want to take it as. But I, it's Drew Brees at home in the playoffs. He's going to try to light this game up. Like, that's what he does. Like, they obviously have the highest implied total. This game has the highest total on the slate. Like, a lot of people are going to play the Saints, you know, and I, I love the Saints. But, you know, I think Thomas, Cook, Kamara, Breeze, Smith, However you want to play the Saints is fine. Um, they're a great team to target here. I have no issues with – even against a tough Minnesota defense, I, it's, Minnesota, it's, it's New Orleans at home. Enough said. Yeah. All right. Last one, Grant. We got Seattle at Philly. 45 total here. Seattle favored by one and a half in this game. Um, let's start here with the Seahawks. We have no idea who's going to play running back, but, hey um, – this game is a game Russell Wilson could absolutely light it on fire. Yeah, yeah, Russ. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting. Although Homer did look really good in the last game. Listen, if he's going to get that workload out of the backfield in the receiving game, like he's a phenomenal player. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see what Seattle does going up against the pass funnel. Uh, but Russ, good tournament play. Not much else to say. Philly has been not great versus opposing quarterbacks. So, Russ is in play, Lockett, Metcalf, Hollister, all in play. A guy that I think is not a terrible idea for tournaments is David Moore, which it's strictly because it's four games late. I would never consider him otherwise, but, like, it's the playoffs. Russ, a lot of times in the playoffs, tends to look at random guys that he hasn't looked at for a while. I mean, I think we saw it with uh, Urshaw 
or Ursua last week. He just got his first target of the season of his career, I believe, in a pivotal spot. I think David Moore is one of the better tournament plays on the slate if you really need to save some money. He's a guy that I think you can definitely go with. And then Homer, if he's going to get the receiving workload, absolutely play Homer. Five targets in the last game, eight targets in the game before. Lynch, you're probably just hoping on a touchdown. That's pretty much it. Don't play Turbin. But Homer's definitely at least going to be the third down back here. And Homer has a decent chance at a big game. Yeah, DK Metcalf has a big chance at a big game too. Like him running seams against this team, he could crush. Like Philly allows a lot of big plays, and DK Metcalf is a guy that could easily crush in this game on long long plays. And like he's been more involved in the red zone recently too. So I like DK Metcalf. I like Lockett. Um, I really like the David Moore call, especially if Malik Turner ends up missing the game because of concussion. So. Yeah, it was, um, my entire thing was predicated on uh, Turner Luke missing the game. So, um, as far as the Philly side goes, like Nelson Aguilar is still not practicing. Ertz, limited practice. He has cracked ribs. Like, he could try to gut it out, but I, I don't know. Um, I, I think we're going to see a lot of Goddard. We could potentially see um, Joshua Perkins be a thing again. Gregory Ward, um, Arcia Whiteside. Like, this team is banged up. But the biggest news on this four-game slate is Miles Sanders, and it's not even close. Yeah, if he misses, then Boston Scott, fire him up, or Jordan Howard. Like, I know Jordan Howard didn't get any run last week, but, like, if Sanders is out, then you have, one of these guys is probably going to crush, and the more likely candidate is Boston Scott here, who also gets a dumb receiving game, too. So that, that's that's pretty much it. If Sanders is out, you lock and load Scott, and it's interesting. Like you can have late swap to uh, what's his name. Like I have late swaps in place here. You can late swap to Homer, and you can bring up like an Aguilar if you think that he's possibly going to play. Bring it up to Ward and drop down uh, Sanders to Homer, like as a late swap option there. Our options, just make sure you have a plan for. But, yeah, I mean, Greg Ward, if Aguilar ends up missing, going to be probably the focal point of this offense, the receiving game outside of Goddard, who if Ertz misses, Goddard's going to be the super chalk. And if Ertz does play, then Ertz and Goddard are still probably going to be the chalk. But, yeah, my favorite play is probably going to end up being Scott if Sanders ends up missing. All right, so I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw this out at you, right? Like he, I just want I just want to throw this out. Did they not use Jordan Howard because Miles Sanders got hurt and they wanted Jordan Howard for the playoffs? I mean, I can't remember exactly when they got he got injured in that game. It it so, was it was semi early, but they they were leading the game. Yeah, I think the fact that he hadn't gotten in the game too much in recent weeks because he'd been out for so long with an injury. Like they probably planned on it. Like, all right, this is going to be Sanders offense here because they have to change things around so often. Like Howard went out, I think before Jeffrey and Desha- or when Jeffrey and Deshaun. He yeah. He's five weeks ago, six weeks ago. Yeah. So I had to come. And then with Ertz there, like their game plan all week was predicated on Sanders and Scott was the one probably participating in the workload for the majority of the last six weeks. He was, Sanders backup. So I think it was more that they weren't prepared to need Howard and he has to get reintegrated into this offense again because of how many injuries they've had and how many times they've had to change things around. So I think that's the reason Jordan Howard didn't get run here. Like that makes sense. No, it makes sense. It's just like, this is not a good run defense. Seattle is what? 26 in DVOA against the run. So like, I mean, this is not a good defense. I know it's just like does Philly try to slow this game down? If they don't, like Scott will obviously. I, I just if Sanders sits, I would definitely get some exposure to Jordan Howard. Yeah, but yeah. Scott would still be my primary target. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. All right, any more final thoughts on this football slate? Play Josh Allen. Play John Brown. Play all of them. Play him so much. 
All right, that's going to wrap it up here for the nine-game NBA slate, the wild card round of the football slate for the Thursday podcast. We move on to Friday. I hope everyone enjoys their day. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more hoops. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then. Take it.